Welcome to the Worthy Bitch Podcast, the place where we discuss all things self-worth so we can stop living life as a victim and start living life on purpose. My name is Autumn. I'm your host and the creatrix of The Worthy Bitch. I am so excited that you have made the decision to embark on your Worthy Bitch journey. Now let's dive into ourselves. Hello, hello. Welcome back, beauties. Today, I have a very special episode to share with you guys. Yesterday was my birthday. I turned 28 years old, and I wanted to share with you 28 things that I learned in my 28 years. So here goes nothing. This is probably going to be broken up into a couple of different, maybe two parts, because it's going to be really long. 28 things is actually kind of a lot. And yeah, so we'll just probably do 14 and 14 right down the middle. So stay tuned for part two. All right, so the first thing, number one, some of these are pretty deep and some of them are not so much. And some of them are things that I've done, things that I've learned, things that I've been through, all sorts of stuff just to share with you guys so you can get to know me a little bit better. And, you know, maybe you can relate and you can reach out to me and we can chat about it. Number one. I forced myself to expand my comfort zone because of my passion. So I wanted to work in a pharmacy back when I graduated out of high school. I wanted to be a pharmacist. I was completely obsessed with the idea, and um, it was not really easy to get that job. I was 18 years old, fresh out of high school. I had hardly any job experience. I think I had worked at one place, uh, Monkey Joe's, which is like an indoor inflatable kid place for parties and stuff. Um, Those bouncy houses. Yeah, that was my first job, and I had no credentials that qualified me for the position to work in the pharmacy, and so it took a lot of work and a lot of pushing, expanding my comfort zone. I don't like to say going out of my comfort zone because I just want to expand it. I just want it to get bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where I'm just completely comfortable most of the time. So I had to go around to, I was an extremely shy child in high school. If you've listened to my other episodes, then you, I'm sure I've talked about how it was debilitating. Um, So this was hard for me. It was really hard for me to go around to all the different pharmacies all over the city, the town that I live in, and talk to all of the managers and really, really stand on my own two feet and show up for what I wanted. But it taught me a lot because I got that job and I had that job for six years and I loved every, not every minute of it, but I did. I loved every minute of it. I loved being in the pharmacy. I didn't love everything that came with working with other people in the pharmacy all of the time, but that goes with any job. But I loved being in the pharmacy. It was a great experience. I loved the feeling of helping people until I realized that I wasn't you I wasn't helping to the best of my abilities and so that wasn't my path it's a great path for other people it's just not my path but I learned to force myself to extend expand my comfort zone through that and it was a great experience and I loved it I'm I miss it all the time number two birth control equals freedom yes birth control equals freedom this might be like a dadoy and a no-brainer but I'm telling you A lot of people don't realize this. A lot of people 
think that they're only going to be happy once they have kids and stuff. And that might be very true for a lot of people. I'm just sharing my own personal experience. For my experience, no. (laughs) Children are not... If I would have had kids back, you know, a few years ago when I had initially thought I was going to, I don't think I would have been... I don't know. I don't know how... I can't say what I would have been or not, but I think I feel a lot more free. Um, My mom had a couple of kids when I was in my late teens from, I think she had my brother when I was 17 and my sister when I was 19. And it taught me really quickly that kids were a lot of work and a lot of time and you kind of give your life to them. I mean, you definitely do. And it's harder to be your own person. And I decided that I didn't want children right away after all. It was my job to learn me, to figure out who I am and to explore life, my life, you know, figure out all of those things independently. I mean, how am I supposed to guide another in the direction that's best for them and be able to see how to assist them in their growth to the maximum of my abilities if I don't even explore the options first, if I don't even know myself first. And so that was just a choice that I made that if I ever were to have children and the jury's still out on that, I want to know myself first. I want to be I want to be comfortable in life, at least to the point where I'm not completely lost and wondering and confused. You know what I mean? Number three. So, number two, birth control equals freedom. Number three, I checked off a bucket list thing at 18 years old and I joined a sorority. So, this was very challenging for me because I was so insanely shy in school and I later learned um, that I had severe social anxiety, which literally took over my body in social situations. But after I graduated from high school, I had made the decision. I had missed out on so much in high school because I counted myself out. I did not go to dances. I didn't go to homecoming. I didn't do any of the clubs or any of the stuff that makes high school fun. And I kind of regret that. I wish that I would have gotten over myself and really played played a part in the high school years and, and experienced it for what it what it is. But that's why I made the decision after I graduated to make sure that I did that in college. And so I joined a sorority, a sorority, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I always saw it in the movies and I thought it looked like something that I would love but never do because of how shy I always was. And I made the decision to try it out and it honestly wasn't my thing. I'm glad I did it. I I love having those memories. I have a, a lot of great memories from that time and I love having those memories. I love knowing that I did that. I love learning like that's something I would have always wondered if I didn't do it and so I'm so happy that I did it. Number four, trust your gut even if it doesn't make sense at the time. So I had to really learn how to trust myself, my gut. When I graduated from high school a couple of years after that, I ended up quitting school and I left a six-year-long relationship that I thought would be my whole life because I just felt that it wasn't going to be what was best for us in the long term for either one of us. And it was really scary. I mean, He didn't really do anything wrong. We didn't have a perfect relationship, but we were both happy. But I just felt like something 
there was something off or something was missing or something like that. I mean, we had a lot of love and, you know, I'm, I still care for this person to this day, but I had to follow that feeling. And we have both grown so much since then. Um, we were together since we were 14 until we were 20. And, you know, we had a very codependent relationship that wasn't necessarily seen on both sides. And um, a lot of times things were being stifled. I think I was being more stifled creatively due to certain insecurities within the, within the relationship. And it turned me into somebody else. Um, but I'm very grateful for everything that I learned from that relationship. It was a beautiful relationship. It was for a season and for a reason. And I will always cherish that time. It, it taught me a lot about myself, who I am, what love means, all of those things. And, you know, I will always love him. All right, number five. I quit school and I trusted the deep feelings that I was on the wrong path and made the change to hopefully find the right path. So I was actually really terrified to quit school. I always thought that college dropouts were awful lowlifes and worthless, pretty much. So it was a really humbling experience for me because it caused me to turn into the type of person that I had previously judged. Has this ever happened to anybody? Have you ever been young and naive and judged people for something unknowingly and then later on in your life find yourself in a similar situation yeah it's very humbling it is very humbling I had to trust myself I didn't really have a plan actually I had absolutely no plan I just knew that what I was doing was suffocating my soul and I had to get out of it number six I learned that the adults in your life even though they may mean the best, they don't always know what's best for you. Only you know that. They try, they really want to help you. They know sometimes what's best for them. They're trying to guide you in the way of things that they learned in their life, what's worked for them. A lot of times when we come into this world, we are shaped by the people around us. They shape us based off of their comfort zones and it has nothing to do with us a lot of times. And so we are put into their boxes to make them be the most comfortable because they're the ones that are taking care of us. And so we perform to meet their expectations, right? Once you become an adult yourself, it's time to break away from that mold and figure out what that means independent of the people who raised you in your life. They really want what's best for you. And you're only going to be happy once you follow your heart. And honestly, like, even if you do every single detail of what they tell you to do, it's not going to be what's best for you, even though they really want, they're really trying. They mean the best. I have a question for you. Are you always searching for holistic ways to heal your ailments? I know, girl. Me too. Well, I am so excited to share something with you that has honestly changed my life forever. Like, seriously, I'm never going back. Have you heard of essential oils? If you haven't, then my next question would be, have you been living under a rock? Essential oils have helped me in so many ways. I cannot even mention them all here, but I will tell you my faves. I started using essential oils because I have suffered from migraines since I was 12, and I've always hated taking migraine medication. Anyone who's taken it knows that it's almost as bad as the migraine itself. It leaves you feeling all woozy and out of touch with reality, and the only thing that you want to do is sleep. 
like for the rest of your life. Ew. Well, my mom introduced me to peppermint essential oil, and I cannot even remember the last time I had to take one of those nasty little pills to hopefully ease the pain. I just put a few drops of essential oil on my head and neck, and within seconds, I'm feeling relief. And I even put it on my tummy because it has very powerful anti-nausea effects, and if you have ever had a migraine, then you know how nauseous you can be from them. And I have to mention tea tree oil here because it's been a lifesaver for me during these COVID times. I've been diffusing it constantly to keep the air purified in my apartment. It gives me so much peace of mind because even just breathing comfortably can feel a little challenging these days. If you want to learn more about the magical powers of essential oils and how they can help you heal in your life, then scroll on down to my doTERRA link in the show notes. There you will learn all about what essential oils are, how they work, and how to use essential oils to change your life. And feel free to reach out to me on social with any questions you may have. I look forward to seeing you there. Number seven. After quitting school and ending a long-term relationship, I explored those forbidden areas of life. (laughs) The ones that everyone says to stay away from, the ones that you're warned about all through school, the ones that most people explore in high school while they're being taught about it, about what not to do from their teachers, then they turn around and they go out and do it. Yeah, so I got a late start on the whole party kid thing, but I dove headfirst into it once I got around that scene. Um, I, I rebelled against that a lot in high school, and I think that is another reason why I was so shy, because I didn't fit in with the other kids. I They were exploring life in a different type of way and I had certain responsibilities in my life and I wasn't really interested in the extracurricular activities that most of the people in my school were taking part in and so once I got older and I dropped out of college and stuff and I was about 21 years old when I decided hey I'm gonna just go figure out what this whole party life thing is and I didn't really kind of do it on purpose. I kind of made friends with those people and then I um yeah, I just started hanging out with them. You know, you're you are the five people you hang out with the most and so it just kind of fell into place naturally. I got hurt by one of the people that introduced me to this whole party scene and so that pain pushed me further down the rabbit hole of despair and I call this time of my life running away. Because this is when I learned that you can't keep running forever, and especially not from yourself. So, lesson number seven, you can't run away from yourself. You will eventually have to face yourself because you are yourself. (laughs) Okay, number eight, traveling to the other side of the world. I went to China, yes, still trying to run, even after learning that I couldn't. I kept trying for a long time, because that's the way we do. It's like physics, right? An object in motion wants to stay in motion. I just wanted to keep doing what I was doing, and I wanted it to work. It's the definition of insanity, right? Keep doing what you've always been doing, expecting a different outcome. It wasn't going to work for me. So traveling to China taught me how small the lens was that I was looking at life through. 
I learned to look through curiosity instead of criticism. I kind of got myself in trouble a little bit when I went into China because I didn't, I had never left the country before. I was so stuck in my own head. I had been numbing my pain and being controlled by anxiety and panic attacks for years at this point, probably two years. Well, actually, yeah. Okay, I went to China at 22, so it was two years that I had been really torturing myself. And, um... My lens was very, very tiny, and it was very critical, and I saw things the way I wanted to see them, not what they were, and everything was terrible, awful, evil, mean, disgusting, and I just, I felt like life was so hard, and then I went to China, and I saw how easy my life really is back here in America, and it it really helped me stop taking my life for granted a lot. You know, obviously that wasn't the end of my lessons and never will be, but it did help me. Of course, I didn't realize this lesson until years later. So going to China and then coming home, I did initially have a lot, a newfound appreciation for my home life, but it dissipated very quickly and it went right back to the way it was, obviously. It wasn't until I was probably... It wasn't until probably a couple of years ago, 26 or 27, when I actually realized um, that lesson. It may have even been last year or something. Okay, number nine. I was about 22 when I realized how untraditional that I really am. I thought I was going to do the whole white picket fence, husband, two and a half kids thing. Nope. That's definitely not what my soul had planned for me or needed in this lifetime at all. I am so unconventional in the way that I live life, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I see people, I was just having this conversation with my mom the other day about somebody that we know. I said, I think, you know, this person is a certain type. It's just so fascinating to me how I, I, I've seen so many people in life that are very, very similar to this person. It's weird how people are types of people. And I just, I don't know, maybe since I am myself, I can't see it in myself, but I've just never felt like I'm a certain type of person. I've never find, I've never found people who are just, just like me. I never, I never have. I'm so unique, so eclectic. Like my, the, the word I got called the most growing up was unique. I used to think it was an insult. I thought that meant weirdo and it kind of does, but now I embrace that shit. <laughs> okay, so embrace your untraditionality or untraditionality or however you say that word, your unconventional, your eclecticness, your unique, your uniqueness. Embrace that shit because that's what makes you awesome. That's what makes you you. That's what makes you happy. And if people don't like it, fuck them. We don't need them anyway. You can find your tribe. I think that's one of my other lessons, actually. That will be part two, finding your tribe. Number 10, I started school and I quit again. <laughs> Further humbling myself because I did what? I turned myself right back into that person again. I got all excited about going back to college and doing it all over again. And I knew what I wanted to do this time. And I was ready and I was full in. And it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I thought. It wasn't what was meant for me. I learned that my path is not what I thought it would be. And it was going to look a lot different than what I kept trying to make it look like. So I kind of needed to change up 
my pace. So instead of going to university, number 11, I got my phlebotomy certification and I graduated top of my class from that program. I was so proud of myself for this. So proud of myself. You don't even know. It doesn't, I mean, it was a small program. It was only like eight weeks long and there was only like probably 15 people in the class, maybe 20. But I really put my heart and soul into that class, into that program. I loved every second of it. I was really, really good at it. I embraced everything about it. It was challenging. Um, You know, if you don't know what phlebotomy is, phlebotomy is when you go to the doctor's office or something and you have to get blood work done. It's the person, if it's not a nurse, a phlebotomist is specifically trained to draw blood from your body in different areas and to do blood tests and stuff like that to send off to the lab. I used to be completely fascinated with the medical field, if you can't tell by my past of working in the pharmacy and then getting certified in phlebotomy, which I never actually worked in, but I still went to school for. But um, I was was super passionate about about the medical field, and that's what I think led me to Ayurveda and holistic medicine because I learned that it wasn't the best way for me once I ended up getting sick. That's what turned me to holistic medicine um, and away from traditional medicine. And it's also, after I had to have surgery, it turned me off from, like, wanting to work in the medical field. I used to love, I went and observed, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that I went and observed the same type of surgery that I had the year before I had it in the same hospital. Is that not just what is that called? Like when it's like a premonition or something like the the universe trying to tell me something that literally a year before I had the surgery on my ovaries for my PCOS to get the cyst out, I had gone, my cousin is a um, surgical tech and I had gone to observe surgery through her when I went back to school when I was doing my phlebotomy thing because I wanted to be a PA, a physician assistant. And so I got to go observe surgery, and I was so fascinated by it. I loved it, and it just so happens that it was this the day they were doing female rep- reproductive surgeries, and that's what I witnessed, and it was very fascinating. Um, but, yeah, that's when I, I am no longer into that sort of thing. After I had the surgery myself, I get very queasy. None of that stuff used to bother me. I would I would be able to, like, cut into a body if I had to. I was watching them pull organs out of people's bodies during that surgery, and I thought it was awesome. And now that gives me the eebie-jeebies and makes me want to puke. So it's amazing how things change. But I am still proud of myself for getting that certification. Um, number 12, we are coming up on the last few for part one. Number 12, I made the same heartbreaking decision more than once, and I let myself get hurt because of it. So this lesson taught me that I decide my life. I allow my life to be what it is. What I allow is what I get. Mm -hmm. How I allow people to treat me is how they're going to treat me. And the decisions I make shape my life. Nobody else is living my life for me but me. Number 13, it is not my job to change people, and why would I even try? People are who they are, and that is a beautiful thing. And if you don't like who they are, don't be near those people. If you're in a relationship with someone that you keep hoping will change, then honey, I'm sorry to tell you, but you are in the wrong relationship. 
do not ever go into a relationship hoping that the person that you're in the relationship with is going to change. That's not going to happen. Do you know what's going to happen? The only thing that's going to change in this situation is you. And I promise you, it's not going to be for the better and you're not going to like the outcome. So please don't do this to yourself. Do not go into a relationship expecting the other person to change, thinking you can change them. If they're terrible when you meet them and they do things that put up your flags, don't ignore that. Number 14. Oh, there was one last thing for number 13. It's not your job to change people. Let people be who they are and stop trying to turn them into something that you want them to be for your own selfish reasons. Okay? Even if you think that you know what's best for them and that you're doing them a favor by trying to help them, quote unquote, help yourself. (laughs) Just help yourself. Number 14, let people show you who they are before you go labeling them. This is a hard one. A lot of times we go in judging people and we decide who they are before they even get a chance to reveal themselves to us and it's only harming ourselves. Like when you do that, it's only going to harm yourself. You are robbing yourself of the opportunity to learn about them from a place of authenticity. So allow them to show you who they are. Allow them to reveal themselves to you without you instantly making a decision, labeling them, whatever, however it is that you go about living life in the world and meeting people and contact coming in contact with humans just allow them to show you who they are you will be a lot more surprised if you just allow life to reveal itself to you instead of trying to see it for what you want it to be okay so that's it for part one we have one through 14 there and stay tuned for part two let's see that one should be out next week on monday And I am so excited. Thank you guys for listening to these lessons that I have learned. It's been a beautiful 28 years with a lot of challenges and a lot of lessons. So I hope that you guys can benefit from everything that I've learned and it can help you. I love you guys. Have a great day. And if you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe and rate and share with a friend who needs to hear it. Also, I would love if you could leave me a review on iTunes and take a screenshot and email it over to me at theworthybitch at gmail.com. That's theworthyb, period, T-C-H, at gmail.com. Link is in the show notes, and I will send you a free gift of my 30 affirmations for the doshas that will assist you in your practice to find balance. And as always, I thank you so much for taking this time today to show up for yourself and do the work. Keep living life on purpose, my worthy bitches.